You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's my trusty co-host, Matthew Soma. Scout for the Coquitlam Express over there, huh? Yeah. Now, I don't think the first actually... episode. Yeah, yeah. First episode. I can say that. So I can actually tell you out loud. Congratulations. Thank um, you, thank you. Excited. Well-deserved. Very cool. Um, we're underway. We are over a week into the NHL's 2022-23 NHL season. The Carolina Hurricanes are on their annual State Fair road trip. Come to mention it, I need to go to the State Fair. I think my girlfriend was talk, talking about doing that, and we, uh, I've been slacking, so I don't know. Yeah, we went Thursday night, and let me tell you, it was a bad night to be a fried Oreo. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think most nights are probably a bad night to be a, a fried Oreo at the State Fair. That's true. things get slammed. Yeah, have, you ever had the, uh, have you ever had the Krispy Kreme burger? I have not. I'm not. I'm actually like for being kind of a fat guy, like I actually will not try the Krispy Kreme burger. I, I think it's disgusting. I've had it before. I actually kind of like it, Loki, but I probably won't get it again. Just it's kind of one of those, you know, I got it to say I did kind of things, but <laughs> it's, it's actually not that bad. You know, it seems weird, but, you know, that sweet and savory does kind of work. Anyway, come back next week for our state fair food power rankings um <laughs> no we're somebody's gonna throw hands on that <laughs> you're probably right no but we do have some hockey to get into um the hurricanes are three one and oh at this juncture uh we have seen three games since we last met starting with a win in san jose then a win at seattle then a loss a couple of nights ago in Edmonton and Connor McDavid finally breaking through against the team he had really struggled against more than any other. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw before that game that he had fewer points against the Hurricanes than anybody else. Um, I may be mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure he, he was at like eight points or something like that. So Hurricanes had done a really good job of holding him down. He did get four points that night, as did Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Andre Svechnikov. Hat trick was not enough for the Canes. I personally missed that game, but so I'm going to, you know, kind of defer to you on the takeaways from that one. But let's start with the first one. Let's start with the San Jose game. Um, And even this one, I missed the third period. And but it kind of it seems like every time they play the Sharks, it's a very, very similar game. And it's always like two to one. And it's kind of just one of those weird things that it's like. The Hurricanes are really good. The Sharks are really not. But for whatever reason, it's always a struggle. And usually they still end up 
end up coming out on top. I didn't think they played all that well, at least for the first like half of that game. But again, that's kind of what good teams do. Even when you don't have your best game, sometimes you'll find a way to win, especially against teams you should beat. So any takeaways from that, really? I mean, it was, it was also James Reimer had a solid effort in net that night, um, which is was very good, which is part of the reason why the Hurricanes struggled so much. I mean, you know, there was definitely a time where it was a sleepy game. And I, I'd even argue that most of our games against the Sharks are pretty sleepy games, yeah, like yeah. even the ones in Raleigh. It's just boring, low event hockey. You're going to see one team score one goal and the other team is going to score two. And that's just how it's going to be. Like it is boring ass hockey. Like I, I can't describe it any other way than that because the, you know, the sharks just have been a very boring team for a long time. Even when they were good. Yeah. The sharks were just a horribly boring team. And with David Quinn, on their staff it's so weird because quinn again plays more of a boring style of hockey but he hired ryan warsofsky whose whole brand is to be aggressive so that's what i don't get you know like do you want to be aggressively boring or (laughs) so i i think that that game was good the canes won it they were the better team even though reimer played out of his mind they still beat him that's what I want to see the Canes do, and that's what they've done for those the first three games is they've beaten three bad teams pretty soundly. Yeah, well, you bring up a good point there, and, and they did kind of finally play a good team for the first time, which, I mean, there's not a whole lot to take away from the fact that the first time they play a good team, they get smoked. Or, well, they didn't get smoked, but they lost, and they, I don't think they looked all that good from what I heard. Again, I didn't actually get to watch most of that game. I just know Svechnikov did his damnedest to keep them in it. Um, And and you know what? We should just go ahead and pivot there because I feel like that's going to be a topic we're going to talk about a lot in this, in this episode anyway, just because it's very hard not to buy into this start that Andre Svechnikov, Martin Natchez, and at least to some degree, yes, Barry Kokanemi have had, because those three guys have definitely been the hurricane's best line so far. Um, and, And I mean, it's obvious what kind of impact those three having big seasons would have on this hockey club. We've seen it from Sveshnikov for years now. He's got the potential to be a top five player. I've said that probably since his rookie year. I thought that. And I think now we're just really finally starting to see that come to fruition. But the bigger surprise, I guess, has been Martin Natchez and the confidence he's playing with. He just looks like such a star player. I mean, aggressive with the puck. He wants the puck on his stick. He's not deferring like he did at times last year. He's using his speed and playmaking ability. I think that really is even the bigger story than Svechnikov, who obviously he's like tied for the lead lead in goals. Actually, I think Stamkos overtook him last night. Stamkos has scored in every game this year. I think he has seven and five games or something like that now. But um, yeah, I, I just think that's obviously the biggest storyline to come out of Hurricanes land so far this year. Yes, Fetch has been great. Um, and this is the player we want him to be. You know, he he was bullying the Seattle Kraken the other night. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't say he bullied the Oilers, even though he scored a hat trick. I mean, 
his first two shots were really good shots, but those are also shots that you'd like to see your goalie stop in a perfect world. Yeah. Like Jack Campbell should have stopped those first two shots and didn't. Um, Natchez has been really good too. He's using his speed, but he's not as individualistic as he was last year. Last year it was very much, I'm going to skate in. Oh crap. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't pass it. And then he turns the puck over. Now he's skating in with speed. He's finding ways to get his teammates open. He's getting open. So it's not just, you know, with Natius in the past, it's been, if he has the puck on his stick, he can make something happen. But if he doesn't, he's kind of invisible. And this year, at least through four games, what we're seeing is he can be an impact player, even when the puck's not on his stick, because he can get to those open areas of ice, which he hasn't been able to do yet. Right. And, and Sarah Sivian actually made a pretty good point the other day on Twitter. She was talking about how last year he kind of was in a tough spot. And I think it was mostly just because he got moved around a lot and he wasn't even in the top six by the end of the year, was he? Unless I'm missing. He wasn't. And, you know, the, the Hurricanes, Rod likes to change up the lines a good bit throughout the year if something isn't working. And it just so happened to be that Natchez was kind of the guy that if something wasn't working on one line, it would affect Natchez's line and bump him down. And so that was a tough place for him. But, you know, also in Rod's defense, Natchez wasn't playing all that great last year for a good chunk of the season. So I think that, you know, now that the Hurricanes are getting at least through four games, consistent production from those two players. That's a big deal. Kokinami is a really good compliment on that line. Nobody's talking about him, but, you know, he's he's not the fastest, but he doesn't have to be. He's just making really solid stops. Right. Or he's making smart plays. He's getting the puck to the good players on his line. You know, he's getting the puck to Natchez and Svechnikov. He's playing really well defensively. He's physical, you know. So That's he's he creating the space for those guys. Right. It's important. Exactly. That's all he needs to do. Keep it simple. Don't try to be something you're not. He should have had a goal. Sveshnikov set him. I think it was Sveshnikov. Anyway, set him up with a beautiful pass. Campbell made his best save of the game against Edmonton. Um, Kokaniemi's gotten robbed a couple times this year. Right. And and I was kind of hoping he'd see one or two hit the net early in the year just for confidence's sake. It's still early enough to where that can still happen. Um, but I, I like the way he's played for the most part, pretty simple. I, I thought the first game or two, he might've had a couple little plays that he missed out on where he, you know, he had a one particular pass where I think he would have sprung Chatfield and Svechnikov where he just kind of short armed it. And he just kind of looked like he was not real confident in his play, but I think since then he's, he's kind of come around, he's been heavy in the corners. I've seen him battling a good bit. Um, and, and again, he doesn't need to drive play. He just needs to get the puck to those two guys that are playing like stars right now, if they're not yeah. just up stars. Um, so yeah, yeah. Props to that whole line. And again, like those guys being this, or, you know, it's probably unrealistic to expect Svechnikov to score. What's he on pace for a hundred and something goals, <laughs> but um, you I know, say he does it, <laughs> but if they can continue to be, you know, con- <laughs> consistent threats that make plays as consistently as they have, the hurricanes are going to be in business. Svetch is currently on pace for 123 goals and 41 assists. That's what I was going to say. I thought it was six and four. Yeah, well, I don't see. 
Sorry, I, I I just woke up not that long ago. It's my day off, so you know my, my brain's not on, not on hundred percent yet. But I, I thought it was a goal and a half, so that would be one twenty three. Yeah, do it. That that Seattle game was probably Carolina's best effort of the year. Um, also, Seattle was terrible. <laughs> like, Seattle is it, it, <laughs> it is impressive how bad they are still. Um, Grubauer sucks, and I don't know what happened. It was like Ron Francis. Like his cursed monkey paw thing is like, you know, I want to be an NHL GM and then the monkey paw lowers and then they realize that like you'll be a GM, but you will never have a good goalie ever <laughs> as GM of the team because it's just, I mean, he is atrocious in net right now. Um, the Hurricanes, but that's the thing. You want to see the Hurricanes beat the hell out of the bad teams. Yeah, like I don't want to see the Hurricanes playing down to the Arizonas or the Detroits of the world. And that was last year. Detroit, I think, is actually going to be a competitive team this year. I don't know about playoff team, but definitely a competitive team. Yeah. Um, but in the same breath, um, the Edmonton game, it, it's not a cause for concern yet. Um because it's one one loss and we shouldn't be panicking after one loss. But the Hurricanes defense needs to be better because Burns in particular had a really rough night against Edmonton. Um, Shea, you know how he's always good? Like one in every like 15 Brady Shea, one in every like 10 to 15 games of Shea is like atrocious. Yeah, like you kind of know how that is. That yeah. that was the Edmonton game. He was bad. Nobody looked great. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, outside of Aho, Natchez, Jarvis always looks fine. Uh, Svech and Kokaniemi. Right. Well, okay. So you know, I, I kind of wanted to. We're, we're gonna get into in a minute into hot or not, and who's started the season impressively. I think we should probably take out Sveshnikov and Kokaniemi and Natchez at this point, just because that's obvious. But, I have I have a player in mind. Yeah, I got a couple as well. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But I, I did want to bring two points up from what you were just talking about and, and the Edmonton game in particular. One, I, I think we might take for granted how crazy the Hurricanes normally are early in the season like starting off nine and zero and 14 and two with the long West coast state fair road trips and stuff. That's freaking insane. Like we should not expect this team to be that flawless on these long West coast road trips. And okay. They had a stinker finally in October against a really good hockey club, or at least a really powerful one. I think Edmonton's a really good team, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you never really know with them. Um, but laying a stinker there, like again, it's their third game on this long road trip with a ton of travel I don't care at all. <laughs> like I just, it, it, it you know, it, it really meant nothing to me that they didn't play well in that game. They'll be fine. Um, I would like to yeah, see I'm not worried. with a much more complete effort in Calgary, but it, you know what, if they lose this one too, and fall to three and two on the year, I don't care. The that's the thing. That's what's that. so hard about starting the season on this road trip. Exactly. And, and last year, I, I'm pretty sure going nine and zero in October and fourteen and two to start the year was more 
outlier than you know what we should come to expect yes the hurricanes almost always start really strong against or, or under rod brenda Moore, but again it, it, there's a lot of new faces in this lineup and the other part i was going to go into we see a lot of defensive guys start slow and especially when they come over from a different team so brent burns's preseason might have skewed our expectations ever so slightly it probably should have been expected that he didn't get off to a super fast start even with, again, that huge preseason he had. He's still learning how to play with Slavin. He's still going to – I don't think he's been as assertive as I expect him to eventually be. There's times where I think he could step into the play with a little more authority, especially when he has Jacob Slavin as his defense partner. So I think that's something we can come to – or we can expect as the season goes along. Um, he'll, be, he'll be better. Just that's all, that's all I'm trying to say. Brady Shea, again, like you said, sometimes he has bad nights. I would like to see Coglin get a little bit more run than he is. Cause it seemed like, again, I wasn't actually watching, but it seemed like Calvin DeHaan had a rough night. I could be wrong on that, but he was taking a bunch of penalties and I don't know. Um, and, how, and how was Chatfield that night? Fine. He actually had a pretty good scoring chance. Uh, I want to, well, to, he he had a chance to tie the game. It wasn't quite a breakaway, but it was an odd man rush. Chatfield's alone, fires a shot. Campbell just swallows it because um, Chatfield's not a shooter. <laughs> but you know, it was a good scoring chance. No, he doesn't. He's, he does not have an NHL goal yet. I think yeah, but like even even then, he's still like his shot is not great. Right. Um. So I think, you know, that defensive pairing definitely got exposed a little bit. I'd still probably roll with it against um, Calgary tonight. Um, It's hard because, you know, Ethan Bear hasn't played in any of these four games yet. And he's making $2.2 million. What do you do with that? You know, you got to get rid of it at this point. Like you say, you know, there's all these teams that say they're willing to add a right-handed defenseman or looking to do it. I think Montreal and Toronto are two of them right now. Why haven't you considered moving one of those defensemen yet? You know? Yeah. Well, that's what I don't get. I think it's got to be there. Just we've talked about this a lot. I just don't think he's a great fit in the system. I think he would benefit from a change of scenery. He is still young enough that he can make an impact somewhere, in my opinion. Coglin, I just want to see get more ice time. But at the same time, if he's not going to, I don't know. <sighs> It's so hard to figure out because I think I think Coglin does factor into the plans at some point. I think they're just trying to figure out what the plan is here, really, and who your best six back there really are, or like the best bottom two, you know, who your top four are. But and, and I mean, depth is important too. That's another thing. Like once injuries pop up, one of these guys is going to play, and then all of a sudden, maybe there is your seventh defenseman. Like there's so many different variables here that makes it so intriguing, and why we keep talking about it and hell it could be a big reason why we haven't seen any movement we for all we know there could be offers on the table that are at least moderately tempting to the hurricanes you know and they're just not pulling the trigger because you know all these things they're discussing the same thing you know and they Um, may be waiting to make this move until after the road trip yeah because this is a long road trip Right now, you're already down one forward because Kasha left at the very beginning of this road trip because he might have a concussion. Um, you're already down. or you're not down a forward. 
or any more forwards, but you're, you know, if you go down another player, all of a sudden, you know, it means you you are going to have to run either 11-7 or you're going to have to dig into your defense a little bit. So maybe they're just waiting until they're at home. That's a possibility because, I mean, this road trip is long. There's not a single break. I mean, you take a look at the the Carolina Hurricanes schedule coming up. You know, you've got Calgary tonight, the Canucks on Monday night, and then you've got a good break from Monday until Friday where you don't have any games. So I think the Hurricanes could be maybe in that little break there exploring a move. Why is this schedule so spaced out? Is it not kind of weird? It is very weird, but then you've got a three and four this weekend or the next weekend with the Islanders. Then you go up to Philly and you come back home for a game against the Caps on Monday. And I also think the schedule has been a little condensed these past few years because of COVID. Yeah, that's true. But I hate it. It seems like every time they play a game, okay, now we got four days till I get to watch them again. But yeah, I know it's kind of sad. (laughs) <laughs> all right um it is going to be a little bit of a lighter episode today just because we do have a game tonight we kind of got pushed back from our normal scheduling um schedule so <laughs> scheduling schedule um but i do want to get this game or this podcast out before the game tonight so we're going to keep this in relatively light so with that in mind let's go ahead and do the ad break Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So let's get just a quick minute, get a word from our friends over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. You can buy multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more, and you can get your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back. Okay. So we're going to play a little hot or not. Let's get our swiping fingers out for Tinder. Um, I'm married. I can't participate. (laughs) 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 No, but... uh, Again, we're going to take out the second line because, again, they've been very, very good. We know that. We've talked about it. But let's talk about some of the other players. We're going to go two each, hot and not. So let's start with who is hot. Who have you liked to begin this season? So, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out to say Svetch because, I mean, you know, we've we've already spent time talking about them. I'm – gonna say that you know i think i've really liked sebastian ajo's play he hasn't been flashy but he's quietly been very good third on the team in points right now i think right now this team is very top heavy because you've got svetch with eight points natchez and ajo with seven and then it drops down to three so that is something to keep in mind here but for now Aho's my guy. 
for all the shit we give him, Martin Oak is tied for. I was going to say that's who I was going to go with. <laughs> it was going to be sarcastic. All right. For me, this might be a little bit of a cop out too, but Jacob Slavin has been awesome to start this year, in my opinion. His penalty killing has been sublime. Again, I know they gave up a couple of power play goals to Edmonton, so I can't really speak to that one if he stunk. Apologies. Um, but I, I doubt he had a bad, like that bad of a game anyway. So I'm going to go with Jacob Slavin. We always know how good he is, but I just feel like he's had a great start to the year. And once Brent Burns starts to come around offensively, I think Slavin's numbers are going to pop too, just by default and playing with him. Um, I expect those two guys to at least have 40 points apiece, and Burns probably a touch higher. All right, so for not, this one was much, much easier than picking out a hot start to the year. Tavo Teravainen, man. Guy has been MIA, turnover machine in the offensive zone. I, he, I think it might have been the first or second game of the year on the power play. He had three straight trips into the offensive zone that he turned it over and whoever they were playing cleared it. I can't remember who it was at this point, but he – just doesn't look good. And there's very few guys on this roster that you can like more expect to turn around from like Teravine is going to be fine eventually. Uh, but obviously not the start of the season he wanted, and it will be real big for the hurricanes if he can get going sooner than later, especially considering how many other guys are playing so well. So that's my not who you got for not. Oh man. There's, there's a couple players that I have in mind here. I think Teravine is a really good one. I think he's been pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to go with the entire Jordan Stahl line. That's fucking cheating. Cause I got, no, cause all three of those players have been. Eh. Well, I was going to go with Stasny was going to be my pick. My second pick. Stasny has been okay. He's been pretty invisible with what I've seen. Stahl has been slow. Fast has been fine, but that line as a whole should not be an NHL third line. Or Stasny should not be on that line because he's better offensively than the other two, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it would be better if instead of Fast, it was Andre Kasha, which obviously is not possible now. But I think that loss is a little bigger than maybe we're taking into account because of how many things Andre Kasha does so well. Yeah, Kasha, I mean, I hope that he's healthy, man. I mean, that is, for for as bad of a career as he's had injury-wise, I mean, you just want him to take man. care of himself. He's 26 years old, and this is like six or seven documented concussions. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, and in all honesty, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play for – a couple months, maybe even longer. Yeah. It's not outside of the question that he doesn't play again this season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rough, man. And, and I hate it. Just, I, we've talked about this a lot that I've had five concussions just in my hockey career. Like they're scary, dude. Like, and, and playing at the NHL level, they're hitting a little bit harder than we were. I mean, it's, it's a tough conversation that I don't even really want to have to bring up about long-term futures and, you know, life after hockey, but at some point that's what this guy's going to start, have to start thinking about. And it really sucks. Yeah. So I think, you know, I could also say that I haven't really been all that impressed with Brent Burns. 
Um, but he has three points in four games. So I think that's fine. I think I'm a little biased because he was atrocious uh, against Edmonton. But then again, we all kind of were. Yeah. So. All right. So for my final hot, I guess I'll go with Stefan Nason. And only because I think he's been kind of pushed into a role that he not necessarily suited for because they basically just put him on cautious spot as a, on the first power play, which I don't think he really belongs in. But he's got two power play assists, does he not? If I'm not mistaken, he does. Something like that. He may have gotten a, an assist on the Svetch hat trick goal the other yeah. night. Um, I think it was like him battling and then Aho like poked it over to Svetch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually, he's got three assists in three games. I mean, he's played fine. Like for what the Hurricanes need from him, I'm always impressed with his work in around the net. Um, He's a heavy guy. Like he can fill a role on this team. And I I think he's done halfway decent in his early start. So that's who I'll go with my other hot for. I feel like we've kind of already gone through like half the team. You know, we took the second line out of the equation. You took Ajo. We took Terabine and you took the entire third line out of the equation because you're a cheater. So listen, they've all been mid grasping at straws. Not my fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, we would have a lot more to choose from if we just said who's been the most mid, but you know, that's not the game we played. Mm. All right. And for my final not, let me explain a little bit, but I'm going to go with Brett Pesci. It's not because of his defensive work. It's in t- <laughs> maybe I should go with Rod Brendamore. It's because he doesn't belong on the power play. So Brett Pesci, the power play quarterback, that's who my other not is. Now, that alone is almost reason for me to put Dylan Coghlan in the lineup, just because I think he's way better offensively. His instincts are 10 times better. His shot is 100 times better. Pesci can't shoot, period. And Coghlan has a cannon, and he's a better playmaker. Like it, It just makes a lot of sense. Now, I understand if at five on five, which Rod is inevitably going to put more stock in than the second power play unit, which is right. You know, you should put more stock in five on five and second probably unit. But, um, you know, I understand if you want Chatfield and DeHaan to be the guys, especially against certain matchups. But, I mean, hell, you go with those guys wanting a little better defense and you still give up six. So, I don't know, man. I, I just think Coglin should get a few games to show what he can do. I don't know who that means you take out. If it's just DeHaan again, so be it. Um, I think DeHaan's really good in his role. I just also think you have potentially a little bit more upside with Coughlin in there, even though you're going with two righty defensemen if you do that. But we'll see how it plays out. Again, it's still super early. So, yeah, that's your hot or not segment for this week. Check back next week to see who we super like. All right, so tonight, Calgary Flames. Elias Lindholm, new look Flames without Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau. They added Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau. Goudreau, and Nazem Kadri, and Nazem Kadri. I actually forgot about that until this very. They moment. actually they they had a really good off season, all things considered. Um, We're losing two star players like that. Kind of hard to hate it. So the Hurricanes are going against another very very fly flying offense. Uh, just another very good team. Um, what do they need to do better to take away two points tonight? Defend. <laughs> they need to play defense. Um, all right, and that's it, what it Kevin, sounds. It I sounds believe. like such a silly answer, but like the Hurricanes gave the Edmonton Oilers a lot on the power play. Matt is being molested by a cat right now. Yeah, my cat is currently all up in my face. So 
Uh, that's I'm struggling here a little bit. Um, they gave up a lot against the Edmonton Oilers the other night. Don't bump the mic, stupid. Um, and I think, you know, the Flames are a team that plays a high octane offense. They've got really good playmakers in Jonathan Huberto, Kadri, and Lindholm had a lot of goal scoring potential to that team. So it's going to be a fun game. For whatever reason, like the Hurricanes in past years have done a good job of shutting down the Flames, at least from like what I can remember. So (laughs) much like they had in past years against. Well, so here's the thing, though. Connor McDavid was still a point per game player, at least very close against the Hurricanes. And everyone's like, oh, the Canes shut McDavid down. And I'm like, they really didn't. Comparatively. Yeah, compared to the rest of the league. Sure, they did. But if you're still allowing roughly a point per game, that's not really shutting them down. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, excuse me, it's going to have to be a more complete effort on both sides of the puck. I think it's probably time for us to wrap this up because clearly we are just... (laughs) out here <laughs> i'm probably gonna cut that entire last tangent i had just because there's nothing really all that interesting in it and you guys don't want to hear it so whatever <laughs> i'm i i've thoroughly enjoyed the hurricane season so far i mean even the edmonton game was fun everyone's like i think it was Corey lavalette that pointed out you know he was like everyone was saying like oh i hope we see this in oct or in june but Teams that play this poor defensive, this poorly defensively, don't make it that far in the playoffs. Absolutely. So that's something to keep in mind. Obviously, you know, the Hurricanes defense is going to improve as the season goes along, but like they have to do better than that. Brandon, still, we're three and one. It is early on in the season. Folks, it is a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs>